What's up? Welcome back to Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I am Pat Sheehan, and Dave, I am exhausted today. So I had a the pretty, sign of times. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about a lot of things today. Harry Styles. We're gonna talk about the new Thor trailer, and we're gonna talk about some shows I saw this weekend, and as well as some new music that came out Friday. Yeah. Why are you so tired? So I went to two shows this past weekend. I had two very different experiences, but they were two different nights. So Friday I went in and I saw Galantis at the right, Hammerstein Ballroom. Mm-hmm. And they were terrible. 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 But Saturday, wow. I saw LCD Sound System at Brooklyn Steel, and they Even were worse. fantastic. Wow. So, uh, I definitely will talk a little bit more about those, but why don't we shout out somebody very influential that died? I, I think me and you are both kind of novices when it comes to, or unfamiliar. Before our time, kind of thing. Don Rickles died at 90. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking here. He was born on May 8th, which uh, I didn't know he had the same birthday as me. But Damn. R.I.P. I feel like everybody has that birthday, though, so I don't really... Oh, man, my friend Kai has a birthday. Yeah, everybody, everybody has and that Steve. birthday. And Steve. Seems like a lot of current comedians are very influenced by right. him, which makes yeah. sense. Kimmel had a late night monologue or you know eulogy to him that right. got a lot of love, so I guess I would suggest going in and watching that if you are influenced at all by Don Rickles yeah. and want to remember him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Toy Story 4 because he's the voice of Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head. And they haven't started work on that yet, so maybe they'll recycle previous voice work we'll hmm. see but. maybe mr potato had this be his last movie yeah i don't know that'd be sad or they'll recast him we'll see yes yeah, same problem star wars has right now but i guess yeah. that's what happens when you have older talent you know carrie fisher wasn't even that old though 60s right? Early 60, 60s i think yeah <laughs> crazy yeah. just these things happen so rip rip i guess just to get these things out of the way because we've touched on these in the past kendrick finally has a release date yeah coming out this friday you know he said you have until april 7th but I guess get your shit together. I guess he didn't have his shit together quite in time. We did mention last week that it was not a hard date. It was right. just the assumed date. And sure enough, nothing happened the 7th. And then we quickly found out, actually on Friday, that it's coming the following Friday, 14th. Yeah, I think it actually dropped Thursday night. Yeah. And people were like, oh, there's a pre-download or something like that. But I'm actually really excited about that because it gives Joey, badass record, more time to shine, which is really great because when you have two, like, lyrical conscience hip-hop albums we're assuming that's what Kendrick's will be yeah. as well it's a lot to consume it's a lot to consume and discuss if they're right on top of each other definitely I mean and that'll be a nice thing for Easter weekend the king rises again I guess also oh, yeah. Better Call Saul coming back tonight as yeah. we record so yeah Better Call Saul has had kind of a slow pace I didn't finish season two yet I'm working through it it seems to be picking up a little bit. Gus. And this season is supposed to really hit the ground running. So it's gonna become Saul, actually. <laughs> yeah, we will be you know, touching on that as the episodes kind of warrant it. Yep. Also, leftovers coming back this Sunday. So peak TV yep. ramping back up as we discussed on last week's pod, which you can find SoundCloud.com/slash/NostalgiaPod. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us an iTunes rating and review. Please. We love you. So before I talk about the show I saw, I want to talk about two topics. One that we already touched on, so let's jump right into that. 
Harry Styles. Styles. Your, your, your favorite One Direction member. <laughs> I, I guess. What you you seem to be more of a Zayn fan, right? Yeah, I, I I'll ride hard for Zayn. Not really, but I I kind of respected Zayn's skill to go out on his own. Yeah, absolutely. He's the first one to go solo. Now they're all on hiatus right now. Yeah, the Liam and Lewis have kids, newborn kids. So we'll see how active their solo careers are right now. But Harry Styles, go for it, as they say, with a piano ballad, some uh, yeah. uh, songwriting heavy. So it's what joint. sign of the times is the name of That's it. That's the one. Don't cry, Dave. It's the sign. Of the times, and what did you think about Harry Styles' it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, new single? It's low key. It uh, puts you to sleep. Yeah. Right? Like I don't know. I just don't find it that lively. I'll give him credit for being a songwriter, I guess. But yeah, it was it was an okay song. Doesn't I mean I want to put it on. I didn't think it was necessarily a great song. It wasn't an unlistenable song by any means. He, he was getting a lot of love with all the Think Piece machine. Right. Be, I guess because of the idea of what mm-hmm. his soul output could be using this song as an example or proof that, you know, there is something really good in his creative mind. I don't know. Yeah, he seems to be... I don't quite see that much. But, I mean, I I do like that it's more songwriting heavy where, like, again, I'll I'll root for Zayn, but Zayn is much more commercial, mainstream, traditional pop. Right. Going off his last album. Yeah, Harry Styles seems to be taking a more artistic approach and uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you heard some comparisons to David Bowie mm-hmm. which the more I think about it, it's actually kind of an interesting one because Bowie was also somebody who like Harry Styles had interest in film really branched out into acting roles which Styles Absolutely. will also be Dun- doing this year with Dunkirk right. this song wasn't the best but it, I think it's definitely a different direction and from anything they did in one direction they weren't I think they were just way more pop than this yeah, song was. Yeah, this is definitely a, a deeper song than anything he ever yeah. did in the band. So it's it's something group. interesting, but I'm not really holding my, my breath about right. it. If you want to hear my thoughts on that, you can go read my, my Twitter take, which yeah. I will not repeat on Ashing this. Ashley Piece. It's a, this is a family yeah. show. If you're into 1D, look elsewhere. Absolutely, but if you are into the Avengers, yeah. particularly Thor... Many people are. What do you think about this new trailer that dropped, I think, last night? I know, it was today. This it morning. was today? Yeah, Thor Ragnarok teaser trailer. First look, first video. We'd seen a few magazine shoot pictures. Mm-hmm. I like it. It looks fun. It looks lively. It doesn't look too serious, mm-hmm. which when the Thor, first two Thors were at their worst, that was kind of the issue, was that yeah. they were just kind of... Uh, Lifeless. Yeah, they were kind of just bogged down in like the, the Asgardian muck, if you will. Well, Asgard is not going to be holding anyone down, because it looks like it's pretty much demolished. Yeah, Kate Blanchett's like, nah, it's my bitch now. <laughs> Kate Blanchett just tearing shit Unrecognizable, up. by the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I asked you, I was like, who was that? Yeah, she plays Couldn't Hela, the Asgardian goddess of... Her name is Hela? Yep, that's, that's something. She's a main, ma- major Thor villain. Hela, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think what's so fun about it, obviously, is that Thor gets captured by the... Grandmaster, which is who Jeff Goldblum plays, and uh, and uh, yeah. and uh, and uh, Tessa Thompson is like working for, yeah. working for him. Tessa Thompson looks badass. Yeah, I hope she gets enough scenes. She didn't have enough in Westworld. No, she definitely didn't. But she's and, a very exciting actress. Right. So he gets he gets his hair cut off, which is also notable. Well, it's notable because Chris Hemsworth hated having to maintain the, that long hair. So, so they totally just threw him a bone here. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you've done it. good enough for us. We'll uh, <laughs> cut your hair off in, in it for the plot. Yeah, th- this had a very, like, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy oh, vibe. Well, I think that's really funny, too, because the graphics package for, like, the title, Thor Ragnarok, right. that's in, like, the 80s font of Guardians. Yeah, so it's like and, the same people made it. And I forget what the song was <laughs> in the background of the trailer, but... Oh, it was a classic rock song. I forget what it was. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm, I'm drawing a blank at the uh, moment. Uh, 
Oh, uh, it's a Led Zeppelin. Um, yeah, Black Dog. No, it's uh, in the land of the ice. Ah, mis- oh, God, I'm blanking on it. Whatever. Like I said, we're we're both tired today, so give us a break on that. Right. Don't don't don't, don't punish don't us. Don't have us. But, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so Thor gets captured and he he gets to fight Hulk. This is basically right. the, uh, the culmination of the Planet Hulk storyline, which is very famous in the comics. They made an animated movie about it, and we knew that this was going to be like a buddy cop movie of sorts with Hulk and Thor, right. which I think is really cool. We know Doctor Strange is going to come in and help in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Maybe he frees them. Who knows? There's pics, there's set photos of Thor in New York City, assumingly visiting Strange's office or whatever, the tower place he, he lives in. Right. But yeah, I'm just so excited to see. This looks really fun. Like, And, and that one-liner he has about Hulk being a co-worker and how like, right. he was just so elated. We used to work together. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the cast here and just right. going through. I, I know we talked about this when it came out, but I mean, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, obviously, Mark Ruffalo, obviously, Kate Blanchett, we mentioned, Tessa Thompson, but Carl Urban, Idris Elba, yep, Carl Urban's bad Jamie guy. Alexander, Anthony Hopkins, Benedict yep. Cumberbatch, They're Jeff all back. Goldblum. Forgive me if, if I'm blank, if I'm wrong on this. Doesn't the Emmys do an ensemble cast that, award, or is that just for TV? That's. I don't even know if the Emmys do. Oh, no, the It's the Golden Globes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Golden Globes. And other lesser award shows do, cast awards. I could see this winning, something like that. This yeah. is a stack. Stacked, absolutely stacked. Yeah, it's really impressive. And Jeff Goldblum, judging by the, 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 I don't do a good impression, <laughs> the trailer, he doesn't have a lot of makeup on, so he's probably like, hey, like, nope, I'm not down with the prosthetics. Right. But I'll just come and just, you know, he's I'll Gold- cook in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Do what you want. Give him the ball and clear <laughs> out, like. We were so excited for him to be the Grandmaster. I think he's right. he's still going to kill it. Yeah, I mean, they're really doing good with I, I forget what those guys are called, but the Collector was Benicio Del Toro and Guardians. Right. He's in, they're like the same group of yeah. these really old guys that have control of the galaxy or whatever. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Jeff Goldblum, like, why the hell not? Like, you wouldn't have right. thought he would ever do a genre film at no, this point. No, absolutely you not. You know, he's not really that active. But it's probably... Because like, he, was, he was just in Grand Budapest Hotel a few years ago. Right. You know, something, a very artsy movie, because well, he's boys of Wes Anderson. I feel like for him, it's like, if he gets the right character where he can be weird enough, he's just going to take it. And, like, Anthony Hopkins, we know. He's been he's been oh, in yeah. Thor already. He's been in Westworld. He's in Transformers 5. Well, he's just 5. cashing checks right now. Like, absolutely. He's just like, give me all the, all the big movies. And maybe right. he was like, hey, Jeff. You know, the checks are good. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Just hang out. Seriously. Just you don't like... have to get in shape. That's Chris Hemsworth's job. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, Tom Hilson also looks pretty badass in this. And, yeah, like... I mean, he's always badass, but I kind of hate him as Loki. Like, not gonna lie. I think he's a great villain. He, he is, because he's kind of just annoying, but he, like, sticks around and very devious. I I th- know. We, we know he's the best part of the Thor solo films. Mm-hmm. And he's a great Avengers villain in general. And the big part of that is because he was, like, the only real moments of levity. And now, it seems the whole movie will have that tone, judging by the musical cue and the dialogue we've seen, and just how the fact that they're not hanging out in Asgard. Yeah, it's pretty cool I, that they felt... It's very promising. Yeah, I mean, just from the trailer, they felt like they had to go in a very opposite direction of where mm-hmm. they have been going, and they literally are just blowing it up. So yeah. that's cool, bringing it in a different direction, let let Hilson and Chris Hemsworth cook a little bit and see what comes out. And, and like, we're not going to get, like, a solo Hulk film. It no. doesn't seem... And that's okay. The rights are actually kind of weird with that. Like, Universal still has solo Hulk rights to a certain extent. They helped make The Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk, which is came out right after Iron Man did. So I think the, the wires are murky, so uh, Marvel Studios is kind of like, well, we'll just have him hang out in Thor. If, as long as it's a team-up movie, we can do whatever we want with Hulk. And I don't know if he's good enough to really command and lead a film, as much as we like Mark right. Ruffalo. I actually don't even know how much of Mark Ruffalo will even get in this. You yeah, know, it depends how, what true. they do once they inevitably team up. You know, it's interesting. I feel uh, the Hulk just seems to be the hardest one to execute as a solo film. 
I think it's just because of the... It's all effects for starters. Right. And it's, like, also the bipolar nature of the character. But it's not, like, Jekyll and Hyde so much. It's yeah. just more, like, a very smart person than an animal. And it's hard to humanize somebody that just goes, like, full rampage. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Banner's so so interesting when he's, like, just a normal dude. Right. But then, I don't know, it's tough to get it to work out. I don't yeah. know if it translates well to film. I don't know. They'll it's... try again eventually, but Definitely. I think this is a nice, you know, way to... Yeah. Get him back in the fold, because remember, he wasn't in, a, him and Thor were not in Civil War, so right. it's been a minute. Absolutely. I mean, I'm really excited to see this movie, though. Comes Marvel, out in November. Marvel just stays winning. Yeah. Like, Guardians 2, Spider-Man, and Thor, hopefully. Yeah. Three hits. Well, there's a lot coming out. We're going to talk about some music that came out. Let me just talk about the show I went to real quick. Mm-hmm. So, Galantis, it's not even worth talking about. Just a... Well, so, how much of a Galantis fan are you? How many times have you seen Galantis? I was supposed to see Galantis last year at Governor's Ball right. on the day that canceled so i was gonna see joy badass that day Ah, that's interesting yeah that just way worked out like that (laughs) but i like galantis a lot i I think they're a fun edm group i don't necessarily consider them good interesting and uh, they're at a lot of festivals yeah they they are and they they make a lot of fun songs but i wouldn't i wouldn't say that they're like pushing edm forward in any way like the chain smokers oh well i mean if you listen to that uh what was it memories or something like that. memories do not open with an ellipsis or something did you listen to any of that uh no I listened to like two or three songs. I listened to the song with Janae Aiko, and I was just shaking my head. I'm like, you didn't have to do this song. She was by far the best part. Yeah. She was like the only Cause it part. Because I just surprised skipped... it was good vocals. Dude, I skipped From someone through... who's good at vocals. Right. I skipped through a couple of songs, and first of all, some of the lyrics in there are just like They've always been trash. Yeah, just like very questionable, but just so boring. Like nothing. Just boring. Yeah, and it... For EDM, like, that's kind of hard, because it's a pretty simple recipe, especially if you've made hit songs, you already know what to do. I don't know. But, Galantis. coming back to Galantis, so, doors opened at 8, so I thought, oh, they'll probably go on at, like, 10, maybe 10.30, pretty Friday long. night in New York City. Standard. They went on at 9.30. So we walked in right as they were coming on, and they only played for an hour. And they they only played four or five there, of their own songs. Were there openers? They had one opener, so... Um, was the opener on right at 8, when doors up? They must have been, because I... Honestly, we were we thought we had a lot more time. We were going to go get, like, a good spot. That happened to me with uh, G-Eazy. I didn't get to see YG. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me either. I don't know if there's, like, a curfew or something like that, but... Yeah. Then they played, like, just a bunch of mixes and jock jams. It felt more like seeing a newer act than, like, a well-established act. I saw Maddie on, who has maybe, I think he has one album at this point last year, and he played more original stuff, and I thought mixed way better than Galantis did, yeah, so... I feel like he, you, you usually stick to remixes when those are your most popular songs right now. You're more known for those popular remixes than your own work, because you might not even have that much of your own original work. Yeah. And, so that's and, interesting. Yeah, so... Or you do a lot of that when you have a really long set, like... When Sherlock is on at like 2 a.m. or something right. at Bonnaroo or at something. Bonner, yeah, yeah, like a secret like show at Bonnaroo. Right. Uh, yeah, that's disappointing. Was this part of a tour or just a one-off show? I think it was part of a tour that they're doing. I think it's probably like early in the tour. Though, cause I think they're, just, they're going all summer, every big festival. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I was disappointed by them. But the next wow. night, I went to LCD Sound System. So tickets for LCD were $70 if you got them right away. Wow. Basically, like, no one got them right away. How much was the resale? The resale, up until the day of, was, like, $400 wow. per ticket. Obviously, like, right before the show, you, you they went down to, like, 150 200 But still, I mean, you're selling it for triple the price at that point. So That's really good. Really good return. Yeah, and the awesome thing, so LC Sound System broke up about five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and they dropped their last album, This Is Happening. And then they did a, a farewell show that was shot by Spike Jones. For a movie. And it was at MSG, and it sold out in literally seconds. Like, tickets went on sale, it sold out. So then they did five other shows leading as, like, warm-up shows for the last show at Terminal 5. So MSG is 
21,000 tickets for a concert. Terminal 5 is 3,000. So, 3,000. Like, yeah. that's 35,000 people, and all these shows sold out in minutes. Mm-hmm. So, you have to understand, when they're coming back to their hometown, which is Brooklyn, New York, to open up a, a place, and they haven't really played a show in a small venue together since 2013, this is, like, huge. And tickets sold out right away somehow. I got two of them. And How many? Sh- they, they were doing a bunch of shows? They were doing five shows in a row. They took Sunday off, so it was from the... 7th through the 12th, so that's tomorrow, Tuesday. Man, they might be my favorite live band right now. Nice. Um, just an incredible show. James Murphy, the lead singer, he is like such an awesome stage presence because he's not conventional at all. He's very like, when he talks, he's kind of quiet and just quirky and goofy and mm-hmm. he's very weird. Sure, sure. They had signs up all around. They were like, please don't record. You've seen all the old stuff before. We don't want you to release the new stuff before we, we release it because we want to respect all the people who put the time into it. Just sit and enjoy the show. I mean, some people are obviously taking pictures, but it probably had to be the least amount of cell phones I've ever seen at a show before. Wow. And people were just, like, Not so even into it the whole time. I think maybe I, I saw one person recording. Yeah, and people would, like, ten seconds. like, put their phone up for, like, one second, take a picture, and put it away. But, like... Most of the time, there was no phones up in the air, which was pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. They, you don't see that anymore. So they played, like, a full hour, 45-minute set. Then James Murphy is like, you don't need to cheer. We're just going to go off to the side. We're going to come back and play music afterwards. So it's just a break. Like, we're going to encore no matter what. So just just relax. <laughs> Came back out. They played three new songs. One was called Emotional Haircut. Another good one. Name. Yeah. Another one was called Tonight, which uh, was Bad really, name. really good. And American Dream was the other one. They also have one that's called uh, Call Police, which they which they didn't they didn't play, but they played an mm-hmm. earlier show. So that album is like impending. Like that will probably be out in the next two to three months, I would imagine. Interesting. And then they finished with two of their biggest hits, "Dance Yourself Clean" and "All My Friends." And man, like the range of emotions that they put you through, because they go from being like a very rock band to very like dancey very quickly and then they can move mm-hmm. into some very emotional songs like someone great or home or new, new york i love you but you're bringing me down i mean they just really run you through the gambit mm-hmm. and they do it like so smoothly and just they're such, such like so tight as a band they're if you can ever see lc sounds this at a festival especially a small say, are they, are they do doing it. a festival this year they're doing mystery land um, mystery land. They're mystery land, really yeah, they're doing Mr. They're headlining Mysteryland and wasn't there a big one? They're doing one over in Portugal, I believe. But they might have already done it last huh. year. I can't remember, but there was another one. Interesting. But yeah, they they mostly toured last year, so I'm hoping they, well, they, they, they yeah they've already had the comeback already happened. Yeah, but this is like and now this is like the the new the new the rollout for the new music. Yeah, right. absolutely. And Brooklyn Steel is a really cool venue. So. Yeah, so that, is that a new place? Yeah, it's a brand steel new. Steel factory or something. So yeah, that it's like uh, it's in Williamsburg, and all the places oh, so around there are like steel and stuff, uh, like steel oriented bars and whatnot. Um, it was just a, it was a really cool experience to like be around so many fans and like see such a big band, eighteen hundred people. I was gonna say yeah, people. that's small. It was really small. So I feel very blessed. Hashtag blessed. To like that's good. That. There's another venue in New York. What? Yeah. That's a nice little mid-level venue. Yeah. More rap shows. It's smaller than Terminal Five, but it's. Um, bigger than Webster. Hammerstein, or it's right around. Is it bigger bigger than Webster Hall? I think. I think it is bigger than Webster Hall too. So, and in Brooklyn, cool. it's a nice venue for Brooklyn too, because most of them are in Manhattan or yeah. around there. Yeah. Or Barclays, which is very big. Yeah. So it's it's not a stadium, but it's a good venue. Well, that's good. That was a good show. Absolutely. We'll and definitely that, cover the new album when it happens. It'll be interesting. I'm not sure. Uh, you don't want to talk about it when it comes out. 
Oh, oh, we will. Oh, we will talk about. It. I thought yeah. you were saying like they'll definitely play shows for it. Oh no, I, no. I'm not I'm sure what what they're gonna do they're with that. Eclectic but, group. Yeah, when the new album comes out, we will definitely talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned for that. Absolutely. Follow and at Nostalgia Pod on Twitter. Stay tuned for my takes on Father John Misty and Future Islands mm-hmm. right now because they both released albums this Friday. Father John Misty, yeah. third album. Did you get to listen to? So about all I know about it. Did you get to listen to any of his other albums? Honey Bear. What did you think about it? That's not my my cup of tea. I'm not a folk yeah. rock guy. It puts me to sleep. Yeah, Father John Misty. I mean, he. I wouldn't put him just in folk rock, but. No, he's he definitely, definitely has got a lot going on up, upstairs. Yeah, he's a really smart dude. His lyrics are really meaningful. Very interesting time. career, too, if you read up on him, because he had a lot of, uh, he was in a bunch of different bands. Yeah, and like... Uh, Very he, detailed Wikipedia. He drummed for the the Fleet Foxes for like a year or two. He's been in like 10 bands. Yeah. I didn't recognize any of them. No, I mean, <laughs> he's, he's just been in, in the indie scene for a long right. time. And this is, it's not a solo project per se, because he plays with a band, but... Uh, he's a front man. Yeah, Josh Obviously. Tillman, um... He's a really like interesting musician. This album was really long. It's an hour and fifteen minutes, which it's that could cutty flow. Yeah, if you've ever listened to any of our takes on albums, the shorter the better. Yeah, thirty minutes. <laughs> Make them digestible. Shout for out us. the uh, the XX. Yeah, <laughs> the XX and like priests and people like that released really good albums this year. Yeah, pure comedy. Probably my favorite song on the album is pure comedy, which you already released. The title track. Yeah, I hate that when the best song was out before the album. It's a bad look. I know, but. Honestly, this was a really well-written album. It has... It touches I on hope so. Themes it seems like from, what he does. Yeah, I mean, with an hour and 15 minutes, you got to fill it with something. And it can't all just be you know, acoustic <laughs> guitars and drums. It, like, ranges topics from social justice to the environment to mm-hmm. capitalism. It basically just talks about how it's, like, crazy to be a human being now and, like, create meaning for things that really have no meaning and life is all just Uh, made-up conceptions in our mind. Interesting. Which was a really hard listen to do on a Friday when I was getting my car fixed. I was, like, sitting waiting to see, like, how big the bill was. (laughs) Nothing matters! Yeah, exactly. It's like, why am I paying you money? Like, what do I care? It was... Uh, it was it was a bad morning for for me, but overall, I mean, the all how personal is that great. album, or is he just talking about broad strokes? It like goes back and forth from being like very introverted to very extroverted. Like a, a song like Leaving L.A., which is 13 minutes, is kind of like autobiographical mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, kind of talking about his process and where he sees himself in like the pop culture or like I don't even know if like cultural scene just in general sure. but then things when the god of love returns there'll be hell to pay or what was the other song something about paper bag where is it <laughs> brown paper bag by Migos oh a bigger a bigger paper bag were both songs that just kind of looked at socially like how things are affected huh. I don't know it's it's not the most pleasant listen but if you like Father John Misty and you like yep. interesting indie rock you like it yeah give it a listen I enjoyed Future Island's album The Far Field way more first of all they have a very specific sound it's synth pop but with mm-hmm. a real indie twist to it especially the lead singer's vocals I think I talked about last week are just yeah. very like, it's like druggy yeah well like raspy and takes like lean a lot almost <laughs> I, I don't know about that but uh, the, all, all speculation on your part Dave but um something about the name yeah it, it's funny like this is their fifth album but really they just became really popular after seasons off their last album singles became really popular and they played mm-hmm. uh i think it was letterman i forgot which it was one of the late night shows and they really blew up after that interesting this is a really consistent album they start to branch out a little bit it sounds almost like kind of japan droids in a way where I was gonna you ask, know what you're gonna get how does this compare to the other rock records that you've listened to this year I think it would be up near the top of the list. I mean, I, I, I XX, number one. 
Oh, that's a hard one. I have to think of all the albums I've listened to this XX, year. XX, Pandroids, yeah. Priest. They're def- I can pull it up here I didn't listen to quick. some of the more recent ones. But they, like I was saying, that they have that very specific sound, but they did try to branch mm. out a little bit on this album. Some of the better songs, I would say, the songs that if you're just looking to get into this record and see if it's for you, I'd check out Shadows, which actually had, what's her name from Blondie, the lead singer, uh, Debbie Harry, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool because I, I haven't heard them do many duets, but her voice almost goes perfectly with oh, this cool. guy's and it fits really well it's also like contrast because the album is mostly about these two relationships he's had one that's older one that's very recent with that fall apart mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. a song shadows debbie harry kind of plays almost like an older person like with that wise like perspective like you're letting these shadows make a fool of you and he's like talking about how hard it is to deal with these broken relationships very cool sounds like a forth. focus record yeah absolutely time on her side was also one of my favorites and through the roses seemed to be like the emotional apex mm-hmm. of it gets a little dramatic <laughs> in terms of lyrics talks mm-hmm. about like wanting to kill himself just kind of looking through the albums that have come out this year that are rock uh spoon would probably oh, right, be out there spoon. at the top for me and then probably cloud nothings then the xx and then probably future islands right under that nice okay solid year yeah so but drake fun. drake would probably be ahead of that i'm guessing kendrick will probably be ahead of any of those as well right but which if you had told me a year ago i would put drake at the top of my album list right now i probably would have laughed in your face and <laughs> told you i would love to be proven wrong which i have been so check out our more life review if yeah. you missed it dave has those receipts um, yeah, Future Islands, I would definitely say check out Father John Misty if you have some time to delve into some You'll philosophical need the time. bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> just go, go do that. So, Dave, I did not listen to Joey Badass, all KK and all American Badass. Badass. So what did you think of that album? Because yes. I know you're a huge Mr. Robot fan, a huge Elliot fan, a huge Joey Badass fan. All and true. you were really hoping Kendrick would give him some shine, and it seems like he did. Yeah, no, I'm not, again, I could not be more thrilled that Kendrick didn't drop on Friday. Right. Just because give Joey some chance to shine. Yeah, so this is Joey's second album. Mm-hmm. He's only uh, 22. 21? Just recently was 21. <laughs> Joey Bass from New York, really holding it down for the uh, for New York hip-hop for a long time now because he's been active and well-known in the hip-hop circle since he was like 17. Really? He's been out, yeah, he's been out for five years. Is he a uh, XXL freshman? Uh, yes, like three years ago. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Joey's a rising star because he's been around for so long. Again, he's so young. I mean, I've talked about his acting right. pursuits before. Yeah, I mean, he first came up on the 1999 mixtape, and when he, we heard that, it, it was just so refreshing because it was just a classic 90s boom-bap jazz rap sound. Yeah. Just very much like a Wu-Tang, like a Biggie. Right. You know, those you know old school beats. No trap beats here. It's just not the way... So kind uh, of a generic sound. Well, no, just a, a very 90s sound. It doesn't okay. sound contemporary at all. Very unique, actually, in that regard, because okay, no one else is rapping like that. I um, mean, you know, he's part of his pro-era clique, you know, his crew. And again, really, him and ASAP Rocky are the only real stars of New York hip-hop of any substance recently. There's Isn't a lot that of, crazy? A lot more independent people, I know. It, it is crazy. I mean, ASAP uh, Ferg as well, but again, like... Rocky and Ferg don't actually have that much of a New York sound. But New York City from, like, what, the mid-80s through the 90s was, like, the center of hip-hop? Was, was the birthplace of hip-hop. a little bit to the West yeah. Coast uh, at the middle to late 90s? Like, right. Like, there's that beef? I mean, now you have, like, you have Dave East, you have Young M.A., you have Boogie with the Hoodie, you have, you have some people, but, again, like, clearly Joey and Rocky and Ferg are, like, the only real stars. Right. You know, obviously we talk about the West Coast, Kendrick, Future, Schoolboy Q, all those guys mm-hmm. are all West Coast, and then Chicago, obviously, holding it down with Chance and all, all the other new Chicago people. And Shout the, out, Chance. 
wrap Of course, Atlanta, with Migos leading the way, Gucci back. So New York's kind of been, you know, on the bottom for a while. But right. it's really good to see Joey come out with such a strong record. And I think what's such a great takeaway about All-American Badass is that it's so so focused. Yeah. It's not just a concept album so much as it's just very singularly focused. Okay. Joey has things to say, and he says them, and it's all about... So uh, what is he talking about? Yeah, he's talking about current events, black-on-black crime, mass incarceration, police brutality, and sometimes he's in a really aggressive tone. Sometimes he's, like, calling out for help, sometimes he's trying to motivate people to come together. I think the album's really strong. So it's kind of like a a cry for social justice, but in different forms. Yeah, sometimes it brings attention to it. He's not trying to solve the problems, because I think he's always come across as a pretty smart uh, guy, despite his young age. But he knows he's not going to solve any problems with the album, but he's just trying no. to bring people together. Like, he said, it, right. he actually had a really good Hot 97 interview, and he's like, yeah, like, I'm just trying to get, you know, all my brothers to know that we got to team up to, yeah. you know, get through this shit. And, I thought, you know, and you can really say, if you listen to the song, like, there's one that's like, Why You No Love Me, hmm. and you th- it, it comes across as, like, almost like a sad, like, breakup song, but right. it's really about why his country doesn't love him because he's black. Hmm, wow. And he's got a lot of That's songs. Yeah, he's got a lot of songs like that. Um, actually, uh, the closer, the last song of the album, which is it's only twelve tracks, which I think it's really uh really succinct. It's called American Idol, obviously with three Ks. Yeah. And that that's where he just goes at Trump. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like him. YG just dropping like uh fuck Donald Trump. Like, right. Right. Well, it was right at the end of his album, right? If I remember. Uh, right. Well, yeah. And that thing, like, still Brazy had I think like three or four songs that talked about mainly the negative things Trump said about uh, minorities and right. the, the Mexican people specifically. But not the whole album wasn't about that. The whole album for for Joey Badass is, fo- is focused mm-hmm. on this this idea. And that's why I think it's it's definitely a must-listen. It's definitely the best rap album of the year so far. It's interesting. It, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked before about how rock in a lot of ways has lo- lost its influence on the culture just mm-hmm. in general, and hip-hop has really taken its place. Right. And it seems like well, one of the things people were, were interested in is Donald Trump, a very divisive leader in our country right now, takes over. How will that impact culture? Mm-hmm. It seems like rock is kind of struggling to take that and run with it in a way. Right. Um, like, I mean, Fadi Amnesty maybe might be the most politically driven rock album that right. has been released towards But how direct is it really? Exactly. Yeah. But YG... A Tribe Called Quest, yep. and Joey Badass now, all really just taking very direct shots yeah. at the government. And, and that's the thing, like, this happening. Joey record's more political than any of those things, because uh, he's even more political than Tim Butterfly, because wow. with Kendrick, you know, he talks a lot of, a lot of heavy shit, but yeah. he also kind of always brings it back to, like, his personal themes about yeah. how it affected him as an artist or coming up or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas Joey's kind of talking about the bigger picture the whole time, right? whether it's at a neighborhood level or a national level. Hmm. There's a actually a song called Legendary with J. Cole. One of J. Cole's J. Cole re- featured? Very rare feature what? from J. Cole. I think when J. Cole used the Joey Badass Waves beat for False Prophets, mm-hmm. the lead up to uh, Cole's last album, he returned the favor by giving Joey a feature. Nice. And it's funny because uh, you, you can't help but laugh that All American Badass is such a more... It's just a more successful concept album because Joey actually delivers on what he's setting out to do, whereas Cole on Free Your Eyes only kind of always dances around his things and and, yeah. and like flirts with all these ideas, but usually doesn't succeed on all of them. That's kind of what we talked about, just kind of like a like I always say, like I don't want to give Cole a participation medal for trying <laughs> right. to be make this kind of album because he didn't succeed. Yeah. But Joey definitely succeeded. And Land of the Free song was already out. Definitely check that out. Uh, great political lyrics, really accessible song, and then. It wouldn't be a Joey album without a clear banger, and that's clearly Ring the Alarm, 
okay. featuring Kirk Knight and Nick Caution, which are both uh, pro-era guys. Okay. And then Michi Darko, who is from Flatbush Zombies, the guy with the deepest oh, voice, that yeah. really unique one. That song's a total banger. Wow, awesome. So definitely check this album out. It's it's worth listening to. If I had to say anything negative about it, like a lot of lyrical hip-hop albums, it can sort of blend together. The beats are kind of similar, so when you listen to heavy shit for a while, it does kind of get mixed yeah. up in your head. Absolutely. And also, honestly, Joey's probably preaching to the choir. I don't know how much, how many new fans he's going to get with right. something so heavy and so political. But yeah, that's interesting. Can't can't fault him for that. So I'm going to kind of throw the question you asked me back at you. We've had some really good rap albums this year. I mean, Drake, Migos, right. yep. and honestly, this, what you're about to say, will probably be irrelevant in like a week after Kendrick released right. his new album, yeah. but where would Logic's you put coming. those in, in that? Yeah, it's tough because they're, geez, they're all so different. They are so Atlanta's different. just a perfect trap album. Yep. Drake, we talked about, you know, it's just a vibe album, <laughs> right. right? Expands. Playlist, sorry. <laughs> and then uh, and then Joey, it's just this is just a con not it's like a concept album to a T, like right. so focused, so delivered. So I think all three of those albums projects have uh, mm-hmm. their purpose. Right. And it'd be great to see how Kendra fits in all this, and probably Logic as well. Cause yeah, man, I, I don't know. Ken, and what else we get? I think we're gonna get Action Bronson this year. I think we're gonna get a lot of stuff. So Action Bronson would be interesting. Yeah, it's I mean, been it's been two years. I was so. gonna say yeah, it seems like I, I, mean, I saw him last year at Governor's Ball, but he wasn't playing anything I hadn't heard. Right. So. Yeah, 2015 is the last album, Mr. Wonderful. So. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll be like we said, it'll be interesting to see how Kendrick plays into all this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure. I mean, we're just gonna be talking about Kendrick next week. Yeah. So, so make sure you listen to it. Yeah. It comes out Friday. <laughs> you have homework. Listen to Kendrick Lamar. I'm probably gonna try to listen to it at least two or three times before we talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's gonna be that that much fire. If humble is any indication. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think it will be. So. Yeah. Also, shout out humble. That song has like 45 million views on YouTube. The video. Dude, it's killing it. It's a f- more than Harry Styles. It's a banger, man. I mean. Uh, Had start, but that's still impressive. And just it's so catchy, it, but yeah. like also just so lyrically phenomenal right it's uh, kendrick is on another plane right now so we'll see how he fits into the discussion of best mm-hmm. rap album for the year absolutely but in the meantime if you want to discuss any of this with dave and i you can either tweet at the show at nostalgia pod you can tweet at martin swagger at sheeny world peace give us a follow on youtube or subscribe a subscription Please. On YouTube. big help yeah and uh share us with friends and stuff you know we want to be helping all of you stay relevant yeah, stay woke, sit down, be humble, all that jazz. Even if I'm having a hard time staying woke right now, because I'm very tired <laughs> from my LCD sound system show this weekend. Don't watch Better Call Saul today. We'll, I know. Won't I'm, be action-packed enough for you. I know, I'll probably fall asleep during <laughs> Um But anyways, uh, please, if you have anything you want to talk about, tweet at us. We will fit it in. Leftovers Sunday. Yes. If we can get to Leftovers and Better Call Saul next week, we will. And Kendrick. That's, yeah. That's, that's enough big enough show already. So. Yeah, it's a really packed week. Yeah, and thank you for, for, for all your support. We love you guys.